This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. My name, again, is Selena Hill. I'm here with Alyssa Fuchs and Chad R. McDonald. We've been having a great show. Unfortunately, we've been speaking a lot about Donald Trump, but, I mean, I, I always jump at the chance to bash him and to just expose him for the bigotry and that he is. So that's what we were talking about. We talked about the alt-right movement um, earlier in the segment. Then we talked about him a little bit more in the news roundup because he decided to use Dwayne Wade's cousin's death as political leverage. Well, and after now, spelling his name wrong. Right. After spelling his name wrong, just to show how sincere he is. And now we're going to talk about how that Trump effect is probably going to hurt Republicans when it comes to the congressional races. Uh, races. So Racists? Congressional racists. racists. Not oh, racists. Yeah. I knew it. Racists. Well, I mean, hey, the, the, the terms can coincide We're there. kicking out the congressional racists. You heard? We're coming for you. <laughs> right. So, um, okay, so basically, um, despite Trump's popularity, uh, he seems to be inadvertently hurting Republican House and Senate races when it comes to down the ballot. Um, new polls show that the odds are against Republicans uh, when it comes to, you know, their chances of retaining control of the Senate, even though more than likely they will maintain control of the House. Now, that may be debatable. We'll talk about that more in a few minutes. According to a Was- the Washington Post, Republicans are likely to lose seats in the House, although there is an 85 percent chance that they re- will remain in the majority. The Senate is a little different, however. The New York Times shows that the Senate Democrats have a 60% chance of winning control of the chamber in uh, come November. And included in the 60% is a 17% chance that the Senate will end up evenly split between Democrats and Republicans. But if Hillary Clinton wins the election, like I think she will, uh, the Democratic vice president will basically be the tie-breaking vote. Uh, likewise, another poll that came out by the Good Judgment, they forecast that um, Democrats have better than a 50-50 shot of gaining majority uh, in a few months from now. So the odds are in our favor when it comes to the Senate, um, probably not the House, and it has to do with Donald Trump. So I wanted to open up this conversation uh, with the panel. And you guys, if you're listening, of course, you can call us up at 212-650-6903. I wanted to open up with the question of, you know, did you do you agree with these predictions about Dems likely to take over the Senate? Yeah, I do. I actually think that they have a good chance of taking back the Senate. I would love for them to be able to take back the House as well. Um, I think they have a slight chance of doing that. I think it's going to be a lot more difficult because of gerrymandering, which is something we can get into talk about. But just, I mean, it's a numbers game, right? So by... Uh, by my count and by the New York Times count, in order to win back the Senate, the Democrats would need to win five seats among the most 11 competitive races. And now if Donald Trump was to win, they would need to win six seats. Um, but right now, Donald Trump's chances of winning the election are only about 11 um, percent. And 10 of these seats are held by Republicans and only one by a Democrat, which is uh, Harry Reid of Nevada, who is retiring. So the way I see it, because there are um, 11 available potential hot seats that could be taken and they only need to win five of them which is less than half um, the the chances are are very good and I think that's why uh, the the 
New York Times gives a 60 percent shot. Uh, the Washington Post looks at it slightly on the other end of it, and they say that Republicans currently have just a 38 percent chance of keeping their Senate majority, which, if you can do math, means they would have... A, a 62% chance of, um, the Democrats would have a 62% chance. So, I mean, both of those analyses uh, are basically around the same numbers, and I think that's a, that's a fair way to put it. Jeff? Now, uh, before Trump even came along, the Republicans were already in trouble. There were about a dozen seats that they were going to have to defend. It was going to be the almost exact uh, flip side of what happened uh, in the 2014 midterms, um, the, where, where the the Republicans ran the table. Uh, there were all kinds of vulnerable Democrats. They all made the mistake of running away from Obama, and the voters thought they were cowards, and nobody showed up for them. And what do you know? The extremists ran the table again, just like they did in 2010. In 2016, this year, it's a considerably different story. Uh, now we're talking about a presidential election where the voters are going to show up. And yeah. uh, you, as Alyssa just pointed out, you had about a dozen seats that Republicans are now defending from valid challengers, and that was before Trump came along and decided he's going to make everybody angry. Um, because at this point, uh, Trump has 1% of, uh, of, of uh, people of color's vote, oh. black people vote. That's zero. And one, 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 one person. It's not one person. It's not one person. It's one person. Yeah, one person. And my joke was going to be, and they rounded that up. So it's it's Ben Carson, the pastor guy. It's three fifths of a person. <laughs> Remember that. Exactly. And, and that he would say that. Now, the, that. you had, uh, I mean, uh, not to keep coming back to pieces I wrote, but a couple of years ago I talked about this. I talked about how uh, this is the Republican majority's last stand. Um, that when you look at the Electoral College, they need 270 votes to win. Republicans were going to be hard pressed to get that no matter what, simply because of the blue wall, the states along the coasts that are just hardcore Democratics. The Republicans are never going to get California. They're never going to get New York. And that that's just two of the biggest states uh, along the east and west coasts. And they're now they're connecting along the north. Uh, um, and that was before Trump came along. They were going to be hard-pressed to get that uh, electoral college majority. Now you got Trump... All of a sudden, Utah is in play. Missouri is in play. Georgia might turn blue. What is going on here? So Trump is really exacerbating this effect where he's he's really killing the Republican Party in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. And it's making the Senate. I think the Senate's very possible. And Alyssa is right about gerrymandering. Yeah, but the House is definitely going to get reduced, if not won. That's the next thing that I wanted to talk about gerrymandering because um, it seems like the Republicans who were advocating for gerrymandering, it's now back, uh, back backfiring right in their face. And I wanted to, um, you know, ask you guys to pretty much explain how um, that is affecting Republicans in the House gerrymandering. Right. Without gerrymandering, there is no Republican House. Yeah, I mean, basically to give to give. I know we've talked about gerrymandering a lot on the show, but just to give you a refresher, just in case you missed it, gerrymandering is the idea that uh, every ten years we do a census, and based on that census, um, the people who are in control generally of the state legislature they get to draw the ele the the congressional district maps. And what you end up happening, and Democrats do it too, so we shouldn't just point fingers at Republicans for this, mm -hmm. is that if your party is in power of the state legislature during an 
a census year, um, then you are likely to draw a district which essentially puts all the people that are in a particular party into the same district. So for uh, I'll use an example of this, like um, South Carolina won. Uh, is a district that is drawn essentially to cut all the black people out of the district. So the way it is gerrymandered is that a giant part of what should be in South Carolina one is part of uh, North Charleston. And instead of North Charleston being in South Carolina one, instead the district actually dips around the city. So it cuts all the mostly African-American people that live in that city out of South Carolina 1 and instead puts them in South Carolina 2. Now, South Carolina 2 is already a district that usually goes Democrat. So by adding those people to that district, not uh, like they're basically that district is going to go Democrat as it is by cutting them out. Right. So by cutting. So it has net effect. But by cutting them out of South Carolina 1, that that essentially reduces their political power because now. All the people who would otherwise vote for Democrats in that district are not allowed to vote in that district. Instead, they're voting in a district that's already a safe Democratic district. Now, South Carolina 1 also has a significantly lower population. So now you have uh, a, uh, a significantly smaller amount of people with this exact same vice, uh, exact same power of voice as a huge amount of people. Right. So the way this has actually played out is in 2010, uh, the majority of state legislatures were being controlled by Republicans. Um, and so Republicans drew district lines that were very favorable to Republicans in the House um, and not very favorable to Democrats. And until those district lines are redrawn, which is not going to happen until the next census in 2020, um, it's it's very unlikely that we'll be that the, the Democrats will be able to flip those districts. And that's why um, so many people have said it's going to be very hard to take back the House. But, you know, the Trump factor should not be underestimated because, no, it should not um, be. It, you know, the people who are embracing Donald Trump, for the most part, are doing poorly um, mm. uh, or are seeing their poll numbers suffer. It's the people that are going in the opposite direction. I mean, like Rob Portman is yes. a good example. Rob Portman has rejected Donald Trump entirely and yet Rob Portman is doing very well. And Rob Portman is a moderate and he's probably one of those people that's taking the lifeboat from Hillary yeah. and trying to save what's left of the moderate Republican Party if there is such a thing anymore. Yeah. Um, and 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 he's, he's doing very well. On the other hand, um, you see people like... Um, um, uh, Kelly Ayotte in New Hampshire, who is currently losing, or Pat Toomey in Pennsylvania, who is currently losing. Um, You know, they are being very much affected. John Um, McCain is in danger. John McCain's in danger. These were people we never thought were going to have a problem. Um, you know, yeah, and they do. Good point. Right. And and there's places where you didn't expect, uh, you know, and there's also a blowback to the Tea Party movement, I think, yeah. sort of going on. But I think that, that the gerrymandering really is going to be the main yeah. reason why, even if Democrats are to win back some House seats, they're probably not going to be able to take back the House. Just like mathematically speaking, right. the numbers just aren't there for them, which is also on the flip side, mathematically speaking, why I don't think the Electoral College numbers are there for Trump to actually win the election. But I know we're really here to talk about the down ballot races today. So I don't want to spend a lot of time focusing mm-hmm. on the Electoral College. Mm-hmm. Selena? No, so, I mean, so when it when it comes to um, the down ballot races, are there some specific uh, races that you guys are paying attention to that you guys think we should all be paying attention to? Uh, yeah, well, you want to I want to give a shout out to my friend, uh, Karee Pennebaker uh, in Wisconsin. He's running for Congress in uh, what is 
has really traditionally been a blue state, but uh, somehow the Republicans have managed to take over thanks to Jerry Vandering and Voting Rights Act and Scott Walker and all that fun stuff. Uh, Curry is going to be a first-time congressman, we're hoping, wow. and wow. Uh, he's a huge, advo- uh, huge advocate for uh, uh, gun control and uh, reforming America's bad gun laws, and I think... He's, that's a race. Uh, he's got a Facebook page, Curry Pennebaker for uh, Congress. It's spelled K-H-A-R-Y. Uh, he's got a huge presence on Twitter, and he's someone that I think would uh, would really affect some real change, and, and I think he's a superstar in the making. I mean, one of the races I'm watching is also a good friend of mine who we've actually mm-hmm. had on the show. That's Eric Bjorn. Eric um, Bjorn. You should definitely check out that interview if you hadn't have an opportunity to listen to it. But he's challenging... Uh, Joe Uli Wilson, who ah. is famous yeah. for telling President Obama you lie. Now, I think, uh, you know, Eric is a, um, a Green Party Democratic fusion candidate, which I think is really great, right? That speaks to the rise of the Bernie Sanders movement mm-hmm. um, and to get more people that are very liberal elected. And I think that's great. And I think Eric's a great guy and he's going to be at least competitive against Joe Wilson because Joe Wilson is well liked and also because of the Trump effect. At the same time, I think Eric. Eric knows and we know that he's going to have an uphill battle and it has nothing to do with him or his policies or his candidacy. It has to do with the way that that district is drawn. I mean, that's a district I was just talking, one of the districts I was just talking Mm -hmm. about um, in South Carolina. And it's going to be very hard for him to be competitive and not because he's not a good candidate. He's a great candidate. He's somebody that should go to Congress. And if you're listening right now and you live in that district, I recommend that my, you know, I'm endorsing, I'm not going to endorse for the show, but I am endorsing Eric uh, Bjorn for that seat, and I think that you should vote for him. Yeah. What What else? Seconded. Right, and no, uh, third right here. So, what else should the DNC should? What should they be doing, or what can they do to ensure that um, we do gain all the, the seats that we can in the Senate and at least a dozen more in the House? I think the most important thing is to continue to link the Republican parties to and the people running for these seats to Trump. That's right? all you have to this do. This is your guy. You don't have to you lie. Know, you don't have to let, make anything up. Let them run away from it, right? Yeah. Let them be the one like Rob Portman that has to be stuck in the position of either unendorsing Trump or, um, you know, running away from Trump and potentially, you know, like let that's the position I want to see them in. I want to see them be put in the position and back into the corner by the DNC where they have no choice to either disavow Trump altogether and, you know, and potentially get start getting attacked by the far right or they have to. They have to love it. They have to live it. They have to love it. They have to. They have to own it. You have to own it. You built that. Now we're you built also that. we're also seeing too. I mean, this is New York, and yes, it's tra- a traditionally blue state, but it's also Donald Trump's home state. So we're seeing how people react to Trump supporters here. Now, um, not long ago, my wife and I were walking down the street at Forty Second Street, and there was a very pathetic little Trump support <laughs> group going on. They're just walking down. Uh, the the street holding up Trump signs, yelling Trump, 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 and they were trying to get people to join them, and they were holding up signs, and everyone was just like, "Get away from me!" Mm, so right. I mean, the the general public's reaction to a Trump supporter is disgust. And I was at the Percy Sutton race yesterday, the five k, right down the hill, right here. Yeah. And there was one guy there, and he actually had a Trump shirt on. He had a he had a golf shirt with a little wow. Trump Trump design, 
And uh, my wife runs in the race, and my son and I show up dressed as superheroes. And, uh, you know, I have a Captain America shield, and he dresses with the Superman and with a little cape. And this guy was freaking out about that. He wanted to take a picture with us. And I'm like, I'm not taking a picture mm. with you with that shirt. Uh, I have too much of a digital footprint. I cannot be seen as endorsing what you've got on there. And he couldn't believe it. He was like, well, I can't believe you just talked to me like that. I'm like, get used to it. And that's what people have to do. You have to get in their face and say, you support a bigot. You support a monster. And I don't like you because of it. That's what has to happen to, and that's what, uh, so, uh, Alyssa is talking about. And you're seeing that yeah. because in the race yesterday, he and like the woman he was with, and I felt so bad for their little girl, um, were off to the side. They, yeah. could, they couldn't, they couldn't mingle. They couldn't deal with anybody because nobody, like they would see the shirt and they'd be like, get away from No, me. you're absolutely right. And not only that, but Trump himself has said that the reason why they're not, doing better in the polls is because people feel embarrassed to yeah. say that they support Trump. And I'm like, if you they say that yourself. That's no, where they came up no, with the shadow voter number, thing. No, number one, they should be embarrassed. But number two, if you if you have to use that as an excuse to why you're losing in the polls, yeah. it's a problem. Um, but we do have to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We will continue this conversation right here on Let Your Voice Be Heard. All these popping, popping. I'm just popping bands. Bands make a day. Start twerking when she hears song. I, that's I how it that. goes. I, uh, Chad starts twerking when he hears that song. I am apparently. a twerk monster. Yes, I've seen it live. He's not lying. I, he demonstrated one time, and He's I don't need to see it again. Twerk, 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 twerk. I don't need to see it again, but we can all take your word from that, guys. So we're back. This is Let Your Voice Likely Be Heard story. right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Again, I'm Selena Hill. I'm here with Alyssa Fuchs and our special guest, Chad R. McDonald. Do not forget the R. And we've been talking about the Trump effect on down ballot races. And racist. Racist. Congressional racist. That's exactly right. Down ballot races. I don't know. We've been talking about racism earlier in the show. So I don't know. I just keep saying in. that. Yeah, it's, tied it's, in. it's still tied in. And um, one of the things it's that the whole story, yeah, basically. And one of the things we were talking about is how Trump is the Trump effect is pretty much hurting Republicans in the Senate. More than likely, polls are showing Democrats will take over the Senate, yay, and probably get about a dozen seats in the House. Now, um, I know that Alyssa wanted to come back with something. Yeah, no, I want to just tell you about some of those races. But before I get there, um, you know, I wonder how much. But speaking of twerking. I wonder how much, like, before I get to the number of states that may be in play, I wonder how much twerking and cultural appropriation we will see tonight on the VMAs. You want to take a guess? 60%. 60%. 60 60% at least. How many white people will twerk tonight at the VMAs? Hmm. Kim Kardashian, Kylie Jenner, the whole Kardashian clan. There should be a lot of them. Including Caitlyn. And Miley. And, and Miley, Miley Cyrus, um, yes. On that note, we are not here to talk about the VMAs. That unfortunately, unfortunately we're not going to because <laughs> we're losers. But, um, you know, who else is a loser? Congressional racist. Oh, sorry. sorry. I thought you meant Stanley <laughs> Congressional <again>. racist Stanley. <laughs> and, okay, no, no. Speaking for, for real now, um, speaking of possible losers, um, we were mentioning some of the toss-up states. So right now, according to Real Clear Politics, um, based on the aggregate averages of this, the polling that has being done in a lot of the states, um, they are saying that right now the Democrats have about 44 Senate seats that are considered safe. 
Um, and the Republicans have about 40 seats that are considered safe. Uh, in addition, the Democrats have an additional three seats that are lean to be safe. And the Democrats have an additional, I'm sorry, Republicans would have, have an additional four seats that lean safe. And that, of course, would lead, if you do the math on that, because there's 100 senators, 47 plus 44 leaves you um, nine, uh, is, uh, sorry, 91. And there's nine more states that you have to talk about, which are right now, according to Real Killer Politics, in play. Um, Arizona, which is John McCain's seat. Florida, which is Marco Rubio's seat. Indiana, um, which is an open seat due to uh, a retirement. Uh, that is a seat that Evan Bay, who has served before and is a well-liked blue dog Democrat, run is running for. You have uh, Roy Blunt's seat in Missouri. You have an open seat in Nevada, which is the seat Harry Reid is vacating. You have Kelly Ayotte's seat in North uh, New Hampshire. You have Burr's seat in North Carolina. Rob Portman, who we already mentioned in Ohio and Pennsylvania, uh, is Patrick Toomey. And I think the interesting thing about this is depending on how some of these states go uh, in the Electoral College may also dictate or indicate how how the uh, Senate race is going to go. One place where uh, you see that is Pennsylvania, which, as Hillary Clinton has sort of started to pull away in Pennsylvania, uh, Pat Toomey has started to lose his steam, and mm-hmm. he's actually getting outpaced by his Democratic challenger. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, the P- the one person who I mentioned in already, Rob Portman, who has disavowed Trump, in- even uh, to the point where he's like, I don't care if I lose Trump supporters, he's one of the few people that has, even though um, the, the race in Ohio between Trump and Clinton is sort of still very much neck and neck, although recently uh, Hillary Clinton's been ahead by just a few points, although still within the margin of error, uh, Rob Portman is still doing very, very well. But again, Rob Portman is an incumbent, and he's also very well liked. So, you know, I don't know if we can necessarily say that Trump is bringing down the race from a statistical point of view, but I definitely think anecdotally it looks that way. It very much looks that way because now we were just talking about the Kardashians, for example. Um, and it, it reminds me of a point that I made. Uh, BuzzFeed released an article last week talking about the different kinds of celebrities that hang out with Donald Trump mm. and the different kinds of celebrities that hang out with Hillary Clinton. And Hillary Clinton was pretty much A-list from top to bottom, including uh, the Kardashians. And they had, like, Donald Trump standing with, like, a vanilla Oreo cookie. And, you know <laughs> Scott, what I mean? And Scott Baio. Scott, and, and it ended with Chachi. Oh, yeah, yeah I can't. Um, and... Now, I posted that on one of my pages, and uh, well, a friend of mine actually made a comment uh, of, well, I don't know that Hillary standing with Kim Kardashian <laughs> is, that big of a, is, is that big of a get. And I thought about that, and I was like, oh, well, actually it is. Um, Kim Kardashian, I'll admit, I don't understand her appeal. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> really sure what yeah, she's famous but, for. Yeah, we don't know. But We're you still cannot sure. deny her influence. Right, she's enormously influential. Uh, when she speaks, Twitter listens. <laughs> when she puts a picture what is she, on What has she done? And besides, like, all the stuff that we like to make fun of her for, she has spoken out very strongly for gun violence prevention. She's been a huge ally to the GVP movement. She's been a huge ally to Democrats. Her standing next to Hillary Clinton is a big thing because she reaches people that politicians do not. That's a great point. She reaches, right. she reaches people that will, that can, and she can possibly inspire them to get off the bench, to drop their apathy, to maybe not be so disillusioned and come out and vote. Her speaking up for Hillary and standing against Donald Trump and representing gun control means that we could have voters show up 
that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. Kim Kardashian and celebrities like that are actually vitally important to exactly what we're talking about and the Trump effect on the congressional race. And I think that's something that not enough of us are looking at. You You know, Chad, I'm so glad that you brought up that point because I feel like Obama was pretty much like the architect of that. Remember when he was running in 2008, he became uh, like the celebrity candidate where he had like Jay-Z and Beyonce and like Bill Clinton played the saxophone on Arsenio Hall. Right, like he started it off and then Obama took it to another level on social media and in celebrity culture and And that pretty much, yeah, and she, I mean, it's about time. I think that, you know, her doing the nay-nay and things like that nature doesn't really appeal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, taking a selfie with Kim Kardashian will go places. It yes. will probably go viral. Yeah, that's the, that's the kind of thing. That is the power that uh, uh, celebrities like Kim Kardashian have. Do I understand their appeal? Am I personally a fan? No. But I do really like what they bring to the game, which is they, and, and they can bring in voters that maybe the Democrats would not have had. And, and if Dr- Trump continues his flaming spiral that the well, all in the show is going to do, um, these could be the people like well, the, the millennials that everyone's, everyone's harping I upon mean, could actually change the world here. I mean, Trump didn't get Kardashian, but he got Mike Tyson. Remember? No, but Did he really? <laughs> Mike Tyson Mike Tyson out. is famous for biting an ear. No, yeah. he, was a re- he was a really good fighter. No, I know, but also the like, ear thing. He's most Mike Tyson's a great fighter. Yeah, absolutely, but uh. <laughs> it's still Mike Tyson. It's still Mike Tyson. Still I mean, Mike you want to you want to you want to get back to talking about rapes and 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 people who I got actually away don't, from but that? Yeah, yeah. There's you know, your guy. But you know, before so you know, it's, 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 I just want to harp back to this point, which is there is eleven seats, yeah. eleven potential seats mm-hmm. up for grabs, and Democrats only need to win four or five of them to take yeah. back the Senate. Like the math is on the side. Yes. You know, there's one other interesting possibility that I want to get just talk about for just a slight minute before we have to close out this segment, um, which is the possibility that there's a tie, right? Yeah. And uh, the possibility of a tie would actually be great for Democrats if and only if Hillary Clinton was to win. And that is because what a lot of people don't know, if there is a tie, the tie-breaking vote goes to the senator, er, sen- the, 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 the president pro tempore of the Senate, and that person actually is the vice president, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, correct. Um, yes. So uh, the vice president obviously has the or uh, actually maybe I'm just confusing two things right now. Uh, I do apologize. But either way, the point that I'm trying to make is if there's a tie, if there's 50 Democratic senators and 50 Republican senators, the person who gets to be the tie breaking vote all the time is the vice president. And that person would be Tim Kaine. So Mm -hmm. it means that the Democrats would have a 51 to 50 majority uh, in the Senate. Um, But again, just keep in mind also Everything now in the Senate needs 60 votes to get done. Because and the NRA the- is terrified of Tim Kaine. Oh, well, you know, speaking of that, what Alyssa just said, um, you know, to, to bring this conversation to a head, I want to know. So if we do get the Senate, what would you expect and hoping from what would you expect from a Democratic Senate? With, realistically, I'll tell you the and one. Then, and then I want to end also by saying, you know, what how can we actually make this happen? So two things. And close. So if we get a Democratic Senate and a Democratic president, the one thing that I really, really want them to see is uh, both having to do. Well, one, I'd like to see student loans get done in comprehensive immigration reform. But I would like to see um, a public option mm. in Obamacare added to Obamacare, which is something Hillary Clinton has talked about, the possibility of a public option. And I would also like to see them deal with the rising costs of pharmaceuticals, oh. which is something I'm going to talk about during our next segment on the EpiPen. So I will wait until I get to the quickie to tell you all about that. Um, And as for what we need to do, 
vote. You got to get not just I mean, get out there. You got to vote. But also, if you have time that you can donate, if you have money that you can donate, if you don't have money, but you can donate your time, donate it. If you have money, but you don't have the time, donate it. These people, especially these people running for Congress, sometimes they don't get as much money as they need in order to make things happen because of the fact so much money is getting poured into the presidential election. Donate them your time. Donate them your money. Talk to your friends about how important it is to vote blue down the ballot and then get out there in November and make it happen. We win the Senate. If the Democrats win the Senate with a Democratic presidency, get as much done as you can, as soon as you can. Put their noses to the grindstone. Don't let Republicans go off on vacations because that's what happened with Obama when he won in 2008 and he won the the supermajority. Everyone talks, like Republicans who criticize him say, oh, you guys had everything for two years. No, it actually worked out to about seven weeks. Mm. And they, they, they dithered and they wasted that time. The midterm elections are right around the corner and the damage is going to get done again because voters just don't show up for the midterms except for the extremists. You're going to have a lot of those things flip back to red again. Get as much done as you can as soon as you can and stay in that Senate and get as much legislation passed. Finish a lot of uh, what Obama left that couldn't get to. Uh, get some gun gun law reform done. Get it done. Get it as fast as you can before the midterms roll around and we're right back where we are now. Well, you know, and just to add to that, though, I mean, yes, it's not just getting it done fast. Go out and vote in the midterm elections. Yes, yes we are talking right yes. now about mm-hmm. the presidential race. But in two years, in 2018, you better get your butt to the poll. Yep. No, absolutely right. Thank you so much, guys. And I just want to add on by saying not only is it important for us to vote and you to vote, more than likely if you're listening to this show, you're a voter. But I think it's also our duty to get other people around us, our community, in our community, in our families to vote. I have to force my mom, my friends to, to yeah. go to local elections all the time. But you know what? I do that because I know how important it is. And the thing is, when we get, uh, you know, when there's different things that are done in our community that we complain about, I say, well, did you vote last I've, month, last I've week? I've suggested over and over again that for election days, you plan a dinner party. Oh. And you have everyone come in for the dinner party to watch the elections, have, have a few drinks, have some good food, but you can't get in unless you got an I voted sticker. You know what? That is also a great idea. Make voting sort of fun or communal. Book the day off. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you have that luxury. But I understand not everyone has that luxury. But again, yeah. voting is so important. Uh, so don't just vote in the, the federal and the national, but make sure you're voting every time that we can. Uh, on that note, we are going to take a quick break. But don't go anywhere. Alyssa's going to come back and give us a quickie on the rising, ridiculous cost of EpiPens. Don't go anywhere. Bands that make her dance, dance, bands that make her dance, dance, all these chicks.